Hello, welcome to Strange Love of Movies. My name is Olivia Martinez, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Oscar and Emily Martinez. And today we're going to be discussing The Little Things, starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. Three Oscar winners. Yes, and it's directed by John Lee Hancock, who directed The Blind Side and The Founder, among other things. Yeah, and this is really just a true crime movie. I mean, Denzel, it's a Denzel crime movie, right? Yeah, it's a suspense uh, thriller, I'd call it that. It's a pretty typical serial killer movie, I'd say, although because of the good acting, it does kind of give a different edge to it. But we wouldn't say every performance is great in this, would we? Not necessarily. I mean, it is a throwback. Uh, It has some twists. But one of the throwbacks that threw us for a loop is that it was set in 1990. I didn't realize that. I thought it was 80s. I looked it up. It said 1990 because it looked 80s. It looked like between the 70s and 80s, but what I looked up in my extensive research, it said, Wikipedia, it said 1990. And it's not really obvious from the beginning, unless I missed some note, which I may have. It's not real obvious from the beginning that it's not current times. It's just long enough ago that clothes have changed and the style of cars have changed, etc. And also they didn't have cell phones and stuff. Yeah, I think that was the giveaway. And also the cars were kind of different. But let's get into this movie. It's a really weird movie, if I'm being honest. I don't know if I enjoyed it that much. I mean, I think I enjoyed it, but do I ever need to see it again? Eh, no. Do y'all? Not really. This movie starts the way a lot of thrillers start, where a young woman is driving alone on a highway, and someone's behind her, menacing headlights. Things go from bad to worse, and it's your classic, oh no, she's going to be a victim, and we're going to see it all before our eyes. And I, th- I think the movie showed a lot of restraint when it came to that. They showed some the aftermath of things, but they didn't get into the whole, the actual killing and things like that, which I I think is a credit to the movie. Yes, I agree. I think it's going to disappoint the kind of people who go to a movie to see all this gory horror movie type violence. It kind of disappointed me, honestly, not because I'm a gore lover or whatever, but just because there was actually no action in it. But I think that was the whole idea. That that, was the whole idea. Because it does want to keep you guessing whether or not the person who is the main suspect is actually guilty. Fair point. It was the main idea, but was it executed properly? I don't know, because their script wasn't the best thing ever, so it wasn't like I was on the edge of my seat as I watched Denzel and Rami Malek talk at the edge of a bridge or anything like that. Like, I wish Denzel would push Rami Malek over the bridge at some points in this movie, because even though he's a... Is he a likable character in this movie, Rami? No, not at all. Yeah, he's not really, but... And yet he's a good guy. He's a good I guy. Mean, you can tell he's a good person. But just, Rami's acting in this is confusing. And he, obviously, he played Freddie Mercury in the... the what was it called? The Queen movie? Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, that one. Um, but he was also a robot and Mr. Robot. Is that correct? No, he was not. This is... Mm, every time we see anything with Rami Malek, or even just mention his name, Mom always goes, you know he's in that Mr. Robot, right? Does he play a robot? I'm sorry, but he kind of... To me, he looks like somebody who could play a robot. Okay, let's move on. Well, you know who he's going to play. Uh, and maybe... I think in the movie they already have ready to go, the Bond film, he's the Bond villain. He'll be a good Bond villain. He will definitely Because he's quirky enough and just he has these mannerisms which are, they keep you, your eyes glued to the screen, maybe not for the best reasons, but you can't take your eyes off him in some ways, right? And he is a good actor. I mean, he, he does kind of show somebody who is really devoted to trying to seek out justice and, and protect these girls. But he is cold in his own way, 
And he's a little hard to wrap your arms around. And he had the misfortune of playing Freddie Mercury, one of the most flamboyant characters in, in 20th century. And you also said he played Elton John. I, that was a joke. Actually. Oh, it was? But the point was, uh, every scene, he seemed like he was Freddie Mercury. I kept expecting him to sing a Queen song you know, at some point. <laughs> Mama just killed a man. Speaking of killing people, you want to continue with the plot? Have we told anything about the plot? Not really, because it's just a very standard. Denzel is the character we follow throughout this, and he's clearly haunted by some past demons. He's a sheriff in a new county outside of L.A., but when he comes back to L.A., everyone knows him because he used to be top dog around there. And from there, he and Freddie Mercury team up to solve this serial killer crime. And the serial killer crime reminds Denzel of a case that he worked and did not solve. And it's haunted him ever since. And this is definitely a Denzel vehicle. Yes. Um, and I think Denzel Washington is, I, I'm not alone. I just makes it sound like I'm so <laughs> ahead of my time. But he is such a good actor. Mm -hmm. He's just so natural. And you totally, any character he plays, it seems like you totally believe he's that person. And you like him and you feel sorry for him. But I kind of think it's hard to understand. The good thing about the movie is that it holds until the end what it is that's haunting Denzel, what it is that's really bothering him, and why he left his job in L.A. County for a job in some rural county. But in other ways, it's a little bit frustrating. You don't really understand why the character is in L.A. again, investigating this. And, and how does he have is. the merit to investigate with the LAPD? Right. Who's letting him do that? Yeah, and you get the, the feeling, because everybody makes it really clear. Remember how mean everybody was to him? That he left under a cloud. He used to work in that department. And then it gets into the issue that Denzel had that haunted him. And this is the type of movie, as Emily mentioned, it's... You're familiar, the characters seem familiar to the extent that uh, Denzel's character's name is Joe Deacon. He goes by Deke. And I kept saying the line of dialogue that would have happened 20 years ago in A Lethal Weapon or 30 years ago, whenever that was. Well, 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 Joe Deacon. <laughs> you almost expect that, but nobody ever said that. But that's kind of everybody had that recognition of him and nobody's saying what it was. And, and I think it was pretty powerful twist at the end where they actually show what exactly was haunting them in addition to, you know, not solving that crime. The character himself, though, is kind of a caricature because he is, what is that line you always use? He's the by-the-book cop who breaks all the rules. Right, yes. And kind of a stereotype. And I think that that really fits his his character. Yeah, basically, uh, Tommy Lee Jones in every film, starting with The Fugitive, where he's a, just, he follows every rule except the ones he needs to break to get his man. Yeah, and for me, even though Denzel's great, and we'll, we'll get to Jared Leto in a second, but eh, I don't really like this genre much, if we're being honest, and I really don't like this genre when it's super average. And something about all these crime movies are always so dark. Like, not the mood. I'm talking about dark. It's always taking place at night, and I can't see anything. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you, and it's considered a noir film, uh, similar to Nightcrawler. Yeah. What it reminded me of, actually, is a movie from, what, 20 or 30 years ago, L.A. Confidential, where there's the college boy cop versus the kind of rough-and-tumble, old-style detective, and they both have the same goal of catching this awful killer, but they approach it in different ways. Yeah, but I think L.A. Confidential was much 
better than this? I think so, if only because it was first. I mean, I think I think in a lot of ways this kind of fits. It, it's almost like it bring. It's a combination of parts of a lot of other different movies. I like crime movies and I like thrillers, but to me this wasn't that good a whodunit. I think it was pretty obvious from the beginning. Once you see Jared Leto appear on screen, it's pretty obvious who done it. Is it though? Well, see, from years of watching Law and Order, <laughs> I realized that whenever there's somebody who appears on screen about a third of the way through the movie who's very recognizable, like a cameo or just like somebody who comes into the picture, you know that person did it. <laughs> Because otherwise, they wouldn't have signed up for the role. Well, getting back to the writing, as I understand it, which is code for what I read on Wikipedia, it was written around 1993. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Which is interesting, right? Because it wasn't, didn't seem like they updated it at all. Ugh. And it's not like there's something anything special about 1993 or police procedure in the 1990s. You know, there was no relevant hook for why it was set in that time. Speaking of Jared Leto, do you want to tell us a little bit about your thoughts about seeing your idol 30 pounds overweight and with greasy hair? Okay, before Jared Leto, really, really fast, this movie costs $30 million to make, and I think they spent all of that on casting, because three Oscar winners for a very average movie. Okay, now back to Jared Leto. Yeah, see, I admit, I'll be the first to admit, I had a very, very big crush on Jared Leto. I guess I still do. Young Jared Leto is just so beautiful. And... While we were watching this movie, I hate to say it, but we were all kind of bored, so we would get on our phones occasionally, and I would just send pictures of Jared Leto on the family group chat when he didn't look crazy. <laughs> he is a method actor, so he actually murdered people for this role. Right, Dad? That's what I read on Wikipedia. I, I don't think he went quite that far. <laughs> no, but he is known for being quite wacky, and Mom, you had a funny scenario just thinking about their lunch break and all three of those super actors talking. Yeah, I could only imagine Denzel like this guy who can get out of his character pretty easily and just kind of making small talk with the cafeteria staff. Meanwhile, Rami Malek and Jared Leto are off in a corner just kind of staring each other down. <laughs> and it's so funny because the last few movies Jared Leto's made are just so average, if not below average. And the man just goes so deep into these characters. And they're just funny tweets like, He'll literally kill a person for a role that gets 25 on Rotten Tomatoes. And you, you've heard about this happening in other films, but uh, Denzel and he did not meet on the set until their first scene together to escalate the tension. Like, these are two strangers coming across each other. Stupid. But again, they usually reserve that for a more highbrow movie or yeah. something. But they take it seriously, so hey. And I know that serial killer movies have become such a cliche in the last couple of decades, but there are some really well-made serial killer-related movies that really have something to say. And, I mean, Seven comes to mind and Silence of the Lambs. But I think this was one of those movies, and maybe it was because the script was written so long before. I really think that it didn't have... It was just, really was just like so many of the other movies that were not all that great. Good acting, but the characters were not all that interesting. One yeah. of the reviews put it best that they were, the actors were aspiring for Seven, but the screenplay was more like, uh, what is it, Along Came a Spider, which again, is fine, it's entertaining, but it's a different level entertainment. Yeah, even though Jared Leto, we were goofing on him a minute ago, he's a ridiculous man, but he's the best part of this movie, right? He's the most entertaining part, at least. I mean, Denzel gives a solid performance, like always, 
But Jared, I mean, some of the stuff he says is pretty comical. Yeah, and those 30 pounds that he lost for Dallas Buyers Club, which is what he won his Oscar for, he gained them in this one. I don't know if he needed to. I don't don't know if that added anything to it. I'd say he gained about 60 pounds for this one. Did he? Whatever he lost, he gained plus another 30 pounds. Yes. Well, let's see. If he makes two more movies, he'll weigh 400 pounds. (laughs) But I think that's important because he definitely did not look like a sexy movie star. He looked like a loser. Yeah, what a terrible... He worked. He was always wearing the same thing. He wore that uniform for that uh, air conditioning repair shop where... Three of the five repairmen had criminal records. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't hire them. If you're in L.A. listening to this, ABC, uh, what is it, ABC Air Conditioning? No. No bueno. And, Dad, don't you call that just hot actors getting ugly for roles, the Brad Pitt effect? Yes. He's always growing a beard or something. Yeah, and Charlize I think, Theron effect, too, oh, yeah. for females. Yeah, but I think Jared Lowe takes it to an extreme that is not necessary. Mom, you're not a big fan of the beard and the long Jesus hair, right? I think he's grown a little too old for that. And he was always talking about food. In this movie? Yeah, there's roast beef, there's tacos, and he was a hungry guy. Hungry? A hungry fella. Maybe if Army Hammer had played this role, maybe it would have had a different sort of scary effect. Stop! Not the cannibal hammer. The cannibal army. Alleged. (laughs) We certainly just don't believe the tabloids. His publicist quit today. That's... PR nightmare. That's all I can say about Mr. Army Hammer. Do the research yourself if you want to about that situation. Well, here's the question. Do you all think Denzel was a bad cop? Was he a dirty cop? In a way, he kind of reminded me. And again, I keep alluding to other movies, but I think in a lot of ways, this character reminded me of the policeman in Gone Baby Gone, the Morgan Freeman character who certainly his conduct was not legal and in some ways not ethical, but he kind of did it for the right reason. Hmm. And it's it's interesting. That's the only thing I can say about this movie that is maybe worthwhile or makes it important at all is the whole idea of the controversy over policemen now and the idea that these policemen, these two policemen, the main ones, were trying to do the right thing but they handled it in a really bad way. Really, really, really bad. And then they covered it up to benefit themselves. And so it was, I don't know, it kind of makes you think, well, you know, how do you judge police behavior today? And da, da, da. I don't know. Maybe I'm probably going out on a limb there. I don't think this movie really had that much to say. Mm-hmm. But the timing and the fact that policing is... Is, so relevant? Yeah, so relevant. I don't know. It might be, you can kind of view it as making you think about that. I think you're giving it more credit than it deserves. But Probably. fair point. I don't think that this movie is easily spoiled because we really don't even know what's going on by the ending. But we'll talk about the ending for a few minutes so you can turn it off. If for some reason the little things really intrigues you after this conversation. I mean, it is a good watch if you have nothing else to do and want to see three Academy Award winners. And Dad, do you want to get into it? Yeah, before I do, this isn't the type of film that has favorite scenes, is it? So we won't even do that no. this time. No. Well, yeah, the ending is ambiguous, kind of like the rest of the film. It's You're not sure some of the motivation and who did what and uh, who's going to do what. There, there was some suspense. Definitely there's suspense when, you know, there's some searches being done that aren't really legal. Legal, legal. yeah, that's the word. And so in the end, 
you have one of the three. How about that? This way it'll keep people guessing. One of the three, uh, well, no, I guess it's one of the two cops. <laughs> Forget <laughs> that. Amazing. One of the two police officers is digging kind of an unlikely scenario where the suspected serial killer is directing the detective, Rami, um, Freddie Mercury, to dig. This is where I killed her and this is where she's buried. Oh, wait a minute. It's not here. It's over there. Oh, it's over there. Jared's having a lot of fun with this Yeah, scene. so he's, he's... He's in control of the situation, yeah, totally which is in what he And meanwhile, Deke is out looking for him. Deke? And um, Zach and Deke, right? Zach and... Cody? No, I remember Jerry called called him Deke, didn't he? Dak and Zeke. He called oh, someone yeah. Deke. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, do we want to give away the ending? I mean, that's one of the best parts. Well, I already said spoiler warning. Yeah. We don't have to spoil it that much. I think the ending is probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. It does have a little bit of a twist that makes you wonder whether or not what you think happened really happened. And it's done in kind of a good way that also makes you question if what you think about these characters is really the case. And it is definitely psychological because I just remember earlier Denzel, Deke, um, is having these weird, very, I guess you call them nightmares, but they're almost apparitions. It's almost like he literally is being haunted by these women. And only at the very, very end... Do you see the whole thing play out as to why he's so haunted? Yes, it's because he couldn't solve the crime, but there's something else, too. But I think also those scenes where he does have those women kind of appearing in his cheap motel room and haunting him. I mean, just the apparitions of these women appearing in the room. That's one of the cheesier elements, too. I mean, that's just such a kind of a... A predictable way to make the point that he is being haunted and bothered by these past events. Yeah, this movie's kind of cheese balls. But just remember, it's the little things. Yeah, he does say that multiple times. And you know that was the kind of moment the writer thought, ooh, the audience is going to get chills when they hear him say the little things. But we were all just like, what? <laughs> okay, do you want to get into stars or do you all have anything else? The only thing is that the real villain isn't so much... Jared, Freddie, or Deke, it's their obsessions. One of them is obsessed with crimes. One of them is obsessed with solving the case. One of them is haunted and obsessed with a case he couldn't solve. Can I drop the mic now? So now we can get to the stars. Or in this case, let's do roast beef sandwiches. How many roast beef sandwiches do you give this? I would give this mm, two roast beef sandwiches out of five. It's not too solid at all. It just seems like a waste of a lot of talent because all these men are very talented. You know, Freddie Mercury, Jared Leto, Deke, a.k.a. Denzel, one of the most famous actors. You know those actors where you can just say one name and everyone knows them? Denzel Washington is one of those. Uh, but you just said it's one, <laughs> it's a one name actor. So even though I respect all those actors and I respect two of the three acting performances, sorry, Remy. Uh, not, I don't want to watch this again. Not good. I'd give it probably maybe a one and a half. I, I mean, it was entertaining enough while we were watching it, but yeah, I wouldn't want to see it again. It was the sort of movie that if it had been made 15 years ago before all the other serial killer movies were made, it would probably strike me as pretty clever. But now it really is just kind of a rehash of everything that's been done before. I'd give it one and a half roast beef sandwiches because Jared Leto was really hungry, so he probably ate the other half of the sandwich. <laughs> 
That's accounts for the extra 30 pounds, got it? Yeah, it was formulaic, and the only thing, the only reason anyone talks about it is because of the three actors involved, but especially Denzel Washington, who was really good. And that, but notice I didn't say magnificent. He can be magnificent, but he was really good. He can only do what he can with, with what he has to work with. I mean, some of those scenes where he's tailing Jared Leto and his fancy Nova, you know, cool, cool lime green car, those were kind of tense and taut, you know, that kind of thing. And it was a testament to his acting, but those scenes were few and far between. So one and a half. Did I say one and a half or 1.75? One and a half. One and a half, yes. And I think the only reason why this movie is going to remain in the public consciousness for a while is because Jared Leto is for some reason getting award recognition for this. He's gotten nominated for a Golden Globe and a SAG from when we were recording this. He certainly was disturbing and really did. You could buy into him as a serial killer, but... Yeah, not the sort of person. I don't know. It is just kind of seem <laughs> seem like a stereotype of a serial killer. Well, it seemed like a throwaway movie. I don't know who decided that he deserved this. In addition to all the food he ate for the role, he was chewing up the scenery right and left. So there's that. I guess, but Jared, I guess we wish you the best of luck at the award shows. If he gets nominated for an Oscar for this, that is going to be one of the strangest decisions ever. But it will definitely be a Twitter meme if it happens. Of course, there were so few movies that came out this year. The competition is limited. I guess, but I think that he did beat out some people who may have deserved it more. Hey, wasn't he the guy who, when the pandemic started last year, in March 2020... He didn't realize it was going on because he was on a 12-day silent meditation retreat. Something like that. And that was just the most Jared Leto thing ever. I think he tweeted something like, I came back to this world and it is a very different place. A ridiculous man, to say the least. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast about the little things. Follow us on Instagram at Strange Level Movies Pod. We don't really recommend this movie. Yeah, I don't have anything really positive to say. But we will see you all next time. So long. Farewell. I can't sing the rest of the sound music song, but yeah, bye guys.